This is James Schofield, and you're listening to Behind the Bottom Line. I'm very glad to be back with you after my unscheduled break. But now my conference is behind me, I can really concentrate on Behind the Bottom Line once more. Now, most of us probably feel that we have strong, independent minds that are not easily influenced by the subliminal advertising we're constantly exposed to on Netflix or in the cinema. So, for example, if I started describing a scene where there's a tall glass, nicely chilled with ice cubes and a slice of lemon in it, and somebody nearby starts opening a tin which makes a delicious pshht noise, and then a hand appears and starts pouring a fizzy, sweet-smelling dark liquid onto the ice cubes. With your strong, independent mind, you wouldn't start thinking how nice it would be to drink a Pepsi-Cola now, would you? Of course not. So maybe none of us are quite as resistant to subliminal advertising as we would like to think. But sometimes outside suggestions can be quite helpful. Maybe you've tried those super learning courses where where recordings of your target language whisper sweet nothings into your ears as you try to go to sleep. Je t'aime, James. Comme je t'aime. But then sometimes such courses can be dangerous. Really, really dangerous. So sit back and relax. You don't need to worry. I'm not going to hurt you. Feel your arms and legs are growing heavy. Just close your eyes and listen to brain waves. I lied to the two men that visited this morning. I said I had no idea what they were talking about. I couldn't tell them where it was. They might take it away from me. I'll tell you how I found it. The date was Thursday, May the 3rd, 2011, and I was with a group being interviewed for the job of head of the audit team at my company's leadership centre. The HR department gave us tests. Problem solving, managing difficult employees, social skills, all the usual stuff. Our last task was to make a five-minute sales pitch to the company CEO about why we deserved the job. I knew I was going to fail. At that time, I hated presentations. My hands and voice would shake, my throat dry up and my brain go blank. I was so nervous I couldn't eat any lunch. So I wandered around the building, waiting for my appointment. It was then that I found it. It was an ordinary-looking armchair hidden away in a small room with a desk, some cheap novels, and old copies of National Geographic. The only unusual thing was the electrical cable going to socket in the wall. On the seat were some headphones, a remote control, 
and a notice. Brain Wave Activator Sit down, put on headphones, press start button. I looked around. There was nobody there, and I still had half an hour to wait. I put on the headphones. Welcome to the Brainwave Activator, said a voice. The unique combination of music, gentle suggestions, and automatic back massage will stimulate your brainwaves. Listen to the menu, choose a program, and improve your life. Number one, career planning. Number two, decision making. Number three, dynamic presentations. Number four. I pressed number three and the program started. The strange thing with the chair is that afterwards you can't remember anything specific. There's a massage and the voice and music make you feel sleepy. And when it ends, you wake up feeling incredible. Anyway, I went to my appointment with the CEO, gave the best five-minute presentation she'd ever heard, and got the job. I've never had presentation problems since then. A couple of months later, I was back at the centre. This time, I was supporting the CEO in a negotiation with another company that we wanted to buy. Things were going badly. Their CEO was being difficult about our price per share offer, claiming it wasn't enough. We took a time out, and while everybody else was on their phones, talking to consultants and banks, I found myself sitting in the chair again. You chosen Program 14. Power negotiating. Sit back and visualise your goal. A short time later, I went back to the negotiation room and sat next to my boss. Listen, you dope, somebody said to their CEO. Take the offer on the table. With the shares you already own in your company, you'll make a personal profit of $20 million. Turn this down and you won't get another cent out of us and we'll use every trick in the book, legal or illegal, to bankrupt you. The choice is yours. $20 million in your pocket now or nothing. Everybody turned to look at the speaker and to my horror, I realised that the words had come from my mouth. But 45 minutes later, the deal was done and I was the company hero. That evening, I asked the centre supervisor about the chair. It's from a Silicon Valley company that specialises in super learning, he said. They sent us this beta version of a new product to test a few months ago. Nobody showed any interest, so I was thinking of sending it back. We did a deal, and the following Monday the chair was delivered to my home. 
I wanted it. Just for me. My career took off after that, and within five years, I was not only CEO of the company, I was the darling of Wall Street, with my face on the cover of all the big business magazines. I didn't use the chair all the time, only when I couldn't solve a problem myself. There was always something to help me. Falling profits. Program 54. Downsize your company. Stress symptoms. Program 126. Work hard, play harder. There was a cost, of course. My marriage ended, and I have no real friends. Even my dog chose my wife rather than me. But the power that made everything worthwhile. Which is why I couldn't tell those men this morning that I had the chair. They claim they're from the original manufacturers and that there is a fault with it which they need to repair. But I don't believe them. I think they're from a competitor. This is why I'm going to try Program 145, Eliminate Your Rivals, tonight. Then I'll know just what to do. Hello? Tony, it's Jack. I'll hear your customers extending your project funding. Yes, there's still a lot of work to do on the chair. Our test subject has become very successful, but the constant brainwave programming has turned him into a sociopath. He doesn't care what he has to do to get what he wants. That needs to be fixed. Is the programming reversible? Ah, not properly. Meaning? Well, a customer made us include a brainwave reset program, uh, which they can launch in an emergency. It makes the subject so mentally unstable he can be locked up. When the test subject refused to return the chair, we had to warn the customer. If they activate the reset, his brain waves will explode the next time he uses any program. Do you think they'll do that? Activate it, I mean? <laughs> CIA? I don't think they'll have any problems about doing that. Brainwaves was originally written for Business Spotlight. And the idea came for the story for, from uh, something which I experienced myself. Um, I work for a large German corporation. And they have a training and conference center which they use for senior management and uh, people like that. And I've been to stay there a couple of times in my role as a, as a trainer. And it's very nice. It's outside Munich at a place called Lake Starnberg. Um, the actual nearest village is called Felderfing. 
You can go for very pleasant walks beside the water. You can see the Roseninsel, uh, which was a re favorite resort for the tragic Empress Elizabeth of Austria, who ended up being assassinated by mistake in Geneva by an anarchist. The building itself is quite low level, very 1970s design. So your first impression is that it could be the headquarters for some corporate villain from a James Bond film. Um, but actually, it, inside, it's quite plain, quite simple, uh, and a very good place to run training sessions or hold uh, hold meetings. And one day when I was exploring the various corridors and the various facilities that it had available, uh, I discovered a massage chair. And it was really actually very similar to my description in the story. It was put to uh, in a corner. Uh, I think there were a few magazines. There were a few uh, cheap novels uh, around it. And it really didn't have the look of something that was used very much by anybody at all. Now, I like the idea of it because I like the idea of having a massage. Um, but when I investigated it further, I found that it was actually intended for use with these super learning programs and that next to the massage chair were these earphones that you could put on and on a board you could see various programs that you could try out in order to improve your performance. Now the programs weren't quite as exciting as the story. Um, they had things like how to give up smoking, losing weight, overcoming anxiety, murdering your boss. No, okay, they didn't actually have that one, but they had other slightly more practical kinds of programs. And how it worked was you sat in the chair, you uh, chose the program that you wanted, you got yourself a massage, could be your neck, could be your back, could be your neck and back. And then you went into a relaxation phase, you were encouraged to do these visualization exercises through the earphones, you got another massage, and then you came back to reality. And each program lasted about 10 minutes. And I have to admit, I loved it. And over the course of a training weekend, uh, I would scurry down there during the breaks. And I think I must have spent about two hours in the chair uh, over the two over the whole weekend. But next time I went to the training center, it was gone, which made me very sad. I did start to wonder whether maybe they had found out that the visualization exercises made people do all sorts of dangerous things. And I suppose it's possible that I've actually been turned into a complete psychopath and uh, I don't even realize it. But it got me thinking and I started then looking up research into topics such as uh, super learning. And then, of course, I started looking at research about mind control experiments and how outside suggestions made to the unconscious minds can influence your behavior. And this, of course, led me to subliminal advertising. The story goes that in 1957, a movie theater manager in the U.S. called James Vickery had the idea of including eat popcorn and drink pep, uh, drink Coca-Cola flashed rapidly across the screen of the films that he was showing in his theatre at a speed which the audience couldn't consciously recall. And he claimed that by doing this, he was able to increase sales of popcorn and, and Pepsi-Cola. So I thought, oh, yeah, this is interesting. Um, and it didn't just interest me, it interested all sorts of other people, including the CIA. And they tried out various techniques, including hypnosis and LSD. Uh, and these are just the things that they admit to. 
So it didn't seem too far-fetched to me at all that maybe super learning was also experimented with. And of course, there was a great film called The Ipcrest File with Michael Caine, written by uh, a thriller writer called Len Dayton. And in Ipcrest File, there is this kind of super learning technique used to influence the hero spy uh, in order to change his behavior. It doesn't work very well, but um, I'm not sure that it actually works at all. Now, of course, regular listeners to Behind the Bottom Line will remember that I've always had an interest in my stories in the sociopathic uh, or psychopathic tendencies of CEOs. And experts estimate that between 4 to 12% of CEOs are actually supposed to be psychopaths. Um, and this compares to 1% of the general population and about 15% in prisons. So, so if CEOs like Harvey Weinstein, for example, end up in prison, um, yeah, it's not that surprising. If you're interested in the topic, I can recommend a very good book called The Sociopath Next Door by uh, an American psychologist called Martha Stout. Um, and she's got lots of great stories in there, which I found uh, very entertaining. Finally, of course, maybe we should all ask ourselves actually how brainwashed we are um, by the media we consume. Um, I don't know about you, but I find it increasingly difficult to know what to believe anymore when I watch the news. But maybe that's just me. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did enjoy the story, why don't you go to my website, behind the bottom line, all one word, dot com, or go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and you can review or, or rate the story there. And this is very helpful for spreading the word about Behind the Bottom Line. And remember, you can read each of these season stories on my website. If you want to read the text, it's available there on the show notes. And if you go to the bookshop tab, you can also buy my books. Double Trouble, which was featured in season five, and Peril in Venice, which is a murder mystery. And that featured in season six. Next week's story is called Too Good to be True. A journalist finds out that not every information source can be trusted especially the attractive ones. So I hope you'll be back to listen to it. Until then, take care and goodbye.